Welcome to the Bear Essentials Podcast, where the talk is real and hibernating on your goals is not an option. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Charles Wallace. I've been extremely interested in interviewing this next guest. He is the founder of Upright Movement where their chief intent is to help improve people's postures, patterns, and performance of locomotion, increase resilience, and longevity. They optimize how the human body senses, perceives, moves, rests, and how each human moves his or her body in different environments. Essentially, they restore and fine-tune the nervous system, movement, and recovery to optimize human performance relative to the scale and context of the person. Upright movement is at the forefront of human movement and performance training. They are pioneering how to view and train the human body and are leaders in the field of movement skill development. So please join me in welcoming Corey Jung to the show. Hi, Corey. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm extremely excited to speak to you and to get some of your expertise out here to my audience. I think what you're doing is fantastic. And this information is extremely valuable, and I'm really hoping that we could use this podcast today to help inspire and inform some people. So, Corey, if you wouldn't mind, could you introduce yourself to my audience? Thank you for having me, Charles. And uh, I'm excited as well to be here. Um, Well, I I work with people, uh, particularly in regards to movement and and movement quality, but I also uh, leverage the pillars of mindset and recovery and sleep and nutrition as well, because I I feel that they're all interdependent with each other. And so I, a lot of times people come to me because they have some complaint, they have some challenge, they have some goal. And and then we enter it uh, with movement at the forefront, but then there's these other supporting elements as well. And a lot of times I work with people for a season, for a year, and in some cases, 10 years. And it could be fitness related. It could be pain related. It could be injury related. It's a number of things. But ultimately, I would say I'm a concerned, I'm a curious human being who's trying to ease human suffering. And Corey, I think that's a fantastic motive. And I already as you're speaking, I'm getting more excited because some of those pillars um, that you speak of have been major topics on recent episodes of the podcast. We talk a lot about mindset. uh, So I definitely want to get into that a little more. I did see also you mentioned in your biography, you speak a lot, which I think is a topic that's not spoken of enough is longevity. I think again, lifespan versus health span. I think it's something that not enough people, especially as we age are, are speaking about or really are informed about in any way. So I am looking forward to that. So Corey, if someone comes to you, like how, how's it kind of start your relationship with say a client or somebody that you're working with? A, a lot of times they, they contact me, you know, a phone call, email, maybe they even uh, pay a visit, but we, we, we start a conversation. You know, we're, we're building a relationship. We're building trust. And it's a lot of times it's, it's storytelling. Yeah. Human beings are, I think that's one of our uh, chief characteristics. We're, we're great storytellers. And so I, I want to hear the story, you know, and 
like so where 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 have we been where have we been successful where have we had some challenges and where would we like to go you know on our journey and i'm really interested in hearing the why behind what it is that we're looking for you know if i'm just looking for some ambiguous number out there for instance but if i don't have a deep meaningful why and emotion attached to it and, and it, this is a process as well so a lot of times it's not going to be within the first hour or two hours it could be some an ongoing conversation you know over weeks perhaps months but ultimately i feel when we get to our why our true genuine authentic why and then and then we go from there and Corey, do you find when people first reach out to you, it starts out with, yeah, there's a number, right? You I mean, a lot of times I think people may be motivated by weight loss, by the scale, right? It starts out, maybe it's very simplistic as far as I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 15 pounds. Do you find that initially that's more of the goal for most people? And then their why evolves as the process evolves? I feel a lot of times that's like the most evident to people, right? It's, it's this outer peripheral layer. It's the low hanging fruit, right? Maybe they feel a certain way within their clothes and their skin. And they're noticing the number perhaps, you know, every time in, in the morning, the bathroom scale, for instance. Uh, and, and so we get the ball ro rolling, but then to make it sustainable, and to make it something that's more of a labor of love than a labor of drudgery. Because I feel sometimes people have, in some ways, something like a, an adversarial approach when it comes to the, the body. Like I'm going to beat the fat off myself, for instance. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes that's more or less the term that's used, you know, uh, and we even see it within the healthcare system, unfortunately, at times, I feel like you know, there's a war against obesity, there's a war against diabetes, there's, you know, fill in the blank. I'd rather work with the body and, and be in harmony with it. And uh, it's, it, this is a favorite book of mine, and it became a, a, a movie, and you're probably familiar, maybe some of the audience as well. It reminds me of the story of the horse whisperer. Right. You know, so you're 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 it's a gentle uh, approach. Right. You're not yanking on the reins. Right. You're you're kind of leading it. You know, Corey, interestingly enough, what you were just saying, too, I, I had spoke to someone a few weeks back and we talked a little bit about and what you just said reminded me of this um, self-judgment. Self-judgment is evil. And I think self-judgment even though in short term, sometimes I think self-judgment can be a motivator. I think self-judgment long-term ends up being our worst enemy and it leads us to make bad decisions. As much as that may seem counterintuitive, I think self-judgment, self-hate in the long run is going to ruin any attainable goal you may have. It's going to make it a lot more difficult. So just listening to the way you approach it, I already see that there's definitely, I feel you add a lot more thought behind the process. And it almost makes me feel like your combination fitness trainer, a little bit of a psychologist, right? And I think ultimately that's what we need more of. I don't 
to your, you said it like we can't just beat the fat off of us or we can't beat ourselves up over decisions. Right. I think it has to be that labor of love because that's going to make us stick to it. So I think that's a really good approach you have. Now, when you think about that approach, when I, when I think about that approach, I want to hear your take on mindset because I've found out over the years, mindset to me has been something that I've had to get my mind as strong as my body to help me along this journey. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts about mindset. Yes, it's all interwoven. You know, uh, sometimes you'll hear one and then you hear the other. It's, it's both and. You know, we, we are our culmination and, and our body began as one cell and then it, it, it multiplied and divided. And it's so basically we, we came into this world, you know, from the very beginning of our development in utero uh, through a process of uh, emergence. Right. So it's all it's all interwoven. And so some people will say this, that the, the, the brain is from the neck on up. But the mind is global. The, the mind is global. And uh, I, I'm going to bring this up because I do, I do feel it's relevant. And it's a, it's a key piece to this, I feel, as well, is that uh, maybe you and maybe some of the audience is familiar with this one woman and, and her books, uh, Your Body is Your Unconscious Mind and Molecules of Emotion. I, and I, if I recall correctly, uh, the author is... Uh, Candace Pert. Candace Pert. Okay. Is, is she familiar to you? Heard the name. Yeah. And so it's all it's all interwoven. And so that the mind is the builder, right? Thoughts become things. I mean, lit, literally. So, so the idea of the automobile, right, followed the idea of the horse and buggy. You know, we're we're very uh, curious and clever species and if you look at human history and, and how the way we've been able to to shape and influence the world right it's it's amazing and you know we're not the fastest of species we're not the strongest of species we're not equipped you know the greatest of fangs and claws this right here between our ears and, and our ability to, you know, share information and stories and articulate and, you know, also the dexterity of our hands and the ability of upright walking. And, you know, all those things combined help to really create the, the modern world and, and looking throughout history as well. And so it's, it's very powerful, as you can see. But the thing is that it's a two, it's a two edged sword to the point that it can be very powerful and productive it can be destructive. You know, you, I've heard something along the lines that perhaps on average people have maybe up to, upwards to say about 70,000 thoughts or so a day. And I believe I recall, I recall hearing this from uh, Deepak Chopra, right? That one doctor. And, uh, and I think along the lines of that, he also said that most of those thoughts tend to be negative in nature. And if you look at, if I, I think we've seen a lot, particularly in the past two years, when it comes to social media, when it comes to technology, and we've seen a lot of unrest, unfortunately. Now, if you look at these 
platforms, if you look at that technology, unfortunately, you know, every time you hit a, a button and a like and get a certain emoji, that, that's influencing these, this, this, the hormones and, and the neuros, you know, the neuro, neuroceptors of the brain and uh, yeah, neurotransmitters and dopamine, for instance. Right. And so it's, it's, we, we have to be mindful. I, I would say it's a good idea to be mindful and that, that we can be manipulated quite easily. Unfortunately, a lot, of the, a lot of times today, you know, if you look at this technology that I'm you know, giving as an example and marketing and consumerism. And so to the point that our mind can be, you know, corralled in a certain direction. Well, if that's the case, it can also be corralled in another direction that's going to be more affirming. I mean, you mentioned, uh, I think, evil, perhaps, right? I think you mentioned it a couple of minutes back. If you look at that word E V I L and, and present it in a mirror and, you know, look at its reflection, you know, it's transposed. What's it spell? Live. Yeah, exactly. So to the point that we're living more in accord with our own authentic self and our own inner nature, and perhaps in relationship to the greater nature, of, of this living planet, perhaps that's going to be more life affirming and not only ourselves. Yeah, I think Corey, that's, you just mentioned about negativity and I, I tell people all the time, you said about negativity and you also mentioned the word manipulation. We are easily manipulated. And I try to warn people of this, any type of negative self-talk, is going to manipulate you in a way that's going to allow negativity to enter your life. And it's going to point you in the direction of negativity. So I'm a hundred percent on board with you about being living more in the positive and being more affirmative. And that's why when I said earlier about self-judgment, you know, what you just said, we said about self-judgment being evil. I would say now based on that, yes, self-judgment is evil. So look in the mirror and instead of evil, just live and live positively. So really, really good points. And from the mindset, you also mentioned about us as a species. And I wanted to get into this because in your bio, you human optimization and movement. So one of the couple night words I never thought of, you talk about your, your human movement expert, and you mentioned locomotion. So can we get into that a little bit about that whole movement expertise and, and locomotion it, for me it's fascinating you know um you know the the, the 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 movement signature of our species upright walking you know we're the only species that does it if you look at you know our, our some of our fellow species our fellow mammals mo most pace, in most cases they're quadrupeds right Mm -hmm. And so, but if you look at the history of walking, right, through, through some of the uh, fossil record, we can see perhaps walking goes back in our ancient past to, you know, that's sort of the very beginnings, perhaps that of 6 million years ago. Modern humans, perhaps maybe 200,000 years. And then some people would also say that what I'm speaking of our, our unique human movement signature that of walking preceded the modern brain. 
And with that probably preceded modern language and modern civilization. And so I, I really feel that it's crucial, that like everything about the, the, the design of the human body, I mean, everything, based, I would say probably from the very cell on out, you know, cell, organ systems, et cetera, is probably geared towards the support of upright bipedalism. And so to the point that we're exercising in a particular fashion, that might not be so much looking at that in particular. Maybe it's looking at something more recreational, like you know, cycling, for instance. Uh-huh. I would say in the big picture, then, you know, compared to our ancient past, I mean, the bicycle has only been around since the 1800s or so, give or take, compared to the 200,000-year legacy of our species. It's hyper novel. It's hyper novel. Now, you know, you can do whatever you want. And, you know, there's a time and a place. And I would also say that the poison's in the dose. But if we're really wanting to support the, 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 the gene legacy within our body and really get specific in regards to that, I would focus, you know, focus movements that are more upright and, and, and bipedal in nature. Uh, I hear this a lot of times. People will say, oh, I'm a cyclist. Oh, I'm this. In regards to their recreation, in nature, there's no such thing. You're human first and foremost. And you partake, you participate within some of these activities. And so hyper novelty, hyper super specialization, I would say is synonymous with repetitive strain injury. Because I've seen in many cases people who are so specific to whether maybe they're a swimmer and that's the majority of what they do, or they're a cyclist and that's the majority of what they do, or they're uh, a marathon runner and the majority of what they do is on the pavement, which fundamentally is designed for wheels, automobiles in particular, not so much humans. And so in many of those cases, they experience chronic pain. And I feel it's, it's a result of mismatch and hyper novelty and the poisons in the dose. All things can be poisonous. Interesting. So fortunately in my exercise routines, I, I'm happy to hear what you just said because I don't feel like I am hyper specific to any particular thing. I mix it up a lot, uh, which I'm glad. Um, and you mentioned about chronic pain. I myself suffer from sciatica mm. and it will flare up every now and then. Seems like it will flare up at the most inopportune times when I least expect it. You know, when you manage people with, say, chronic pain, do you have a specific approach or is it more is it more dependent on each person and each type of chronic pain? There's a lot to that, I feel. And so I'll mention this, and maybe you're familiar with this as well, Charles, that usually the definition of chronic pain is, is something that's been persistent with us for about six months or so. You know, uh, if you've had an injury and there's been some tissue damage and the body's, you know, in its process of healing, there's a time period as far as, you know, particular tissues and, and, the, and the grade of injury as far as what's the timeline of healing. 
right? The tissue, uh, the, the particular uh, site of injury. But, but then once those things have been um, healed, unfortunately for a lot of people, so like on average, there's about 100 million people in this country of about 330 million or so people. So there's quite a few people who are in chronic pain. Uh, pain is an output of, of the brain and nervous system, right? And so I like to change the inputs. And a lot of times there's a, there's a mental, emotional aspect to pain as well. I, I feel a lot of people, depending on their history or their background, they might have a different relationship with the body. They might have a different relationship with pain and perception. So it, it's very, it's very subjective, you know, and uh, so, there, and then it's, and there's a totality as well so rather than just looking at the particular site and the particular structure and the particular um you know systems and tissues involved it's all inter interwoven so to the point that i am you know have an optimal general health you know systemically across the board i'm probably going to have a lot less systemic inflammation as well and I have, I have good mental, emotional balance, you know, emotional intelligence. If I'm integrated, if I have good autonomic nervous system balance, if I have good, you know, self-regulation when it comes to these things, I'm probably going to have a lot better experience of pain. But then imagine if, if those things are, are less the case. And also imagine that perhaps that, so the thing about the human experience, and maybe this applies to other species, I don't know, but for instance, uh, our consciousness, the majority of it is unconscious consciousness. So about 90% or so. And the thing about that is it, it has a record of every experience and moment from the very moment, from the very first moment on, it records. We don't know this consciously at a surface level, at an unconscious deep, and perhaps at a cellular level, we do. So that being said, perhaps, so like once I've had one event, looking at it from this perspective, it's not just one event, is it? It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's one event within the vast timeline of my life it's, 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 it's one of many multitudes. And if you look back early life, unfortunately, perhaps for some people, it might also involve an aspect of trauma uh, and perhaps adverse childhood experiences. And I don't know if you're familiar with this or maybe some of the audience, and we can look this up. Adverse childhood experiences is usually a scale. You know, it is a scale of 10. And if you have four or more, uh, I think you're, yeah, you're definitely at risk uh, of many um, health factors later on in your life as a, con as a consequence due to these un unfortunate uh, traumatic childhood experiences. So yeah. that's, a, that's a mouthful. What I take away immediately from that is, is about that 
balance between mind and body, basically, right? And how overall health and wellness will more than likely lead you to have better experiences overall in dealing with a lot of emotional things and physical things. So I want to use that a little bit to lead into what we talked about in the beginning a bit about the lifespan versus health span and longevity. How do you help people with really getting themselves optimized, getting themselves within balance to ensure that not only can they live for a long time, but they're, they're living the healthiest, most productive, most happy life that they can. The first thing that comes to my mind is awareness. You know, just, just being aware of your, your inner thoughts and thoughts became, can become things. Your, your inner nature and the outer nature. I, I feel often that to be healthy, happy, vital in this world today, especially in the United States, um, that you have to be somewhat counterculture, right? So look at the look at the dominant culture, look look at the uh, the popular culture, and there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of amusements out there, right? And if I look at like the one poet from first century Rome, um, right, the Latin word for it. I, I I'm not good with my Latin pronunciation, but the translation more or less is this is that bread and circuses. We have quite a bit of bread and circuses today, and we've had it for quite some time. And the bread and circuses isn't really there to support us towards our highest potential. Right? We were talking earlier. Unfortunately, a lot of times it comes down to the bottom line. And often it's not going to be mine or, or your, your bottom line. It's you know, follow the money. And, uh, you know, I'm, so perhaps it's a segue. I, I feel it is all inter, interrelated here. And I, I, I pull from, from many uh, disciplines and, and resources out there. And so the one person who's coming to my mind right now is Krishnamurti, that one philosopher from India, and then he said something along the lines, it's, it's no measure of health to be well-adjusted within a sick society. I don't feel that here nowadays, and, and much of the West and much of the modern world, for the most part, not, not saying entirely, you know, there, there, is, there is good there as well, mm-hmm. but, but there is quite a bit of uh, the, the counterpoint and perhaps we can find ourselves leaning more towards that in, in, in a place of imbalance and, and not a, a place of ease. So he, he said something like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not no measure of health to be, uh, you know, well-adjusted within a sick society. We, we don't have a health culture nowadays. I think we all know the answer as to what we need to do and should do. I think it comes down to a bit of accountability within ourselves and looking ourselves in the mirror and taking responsibility for it. And I think people like you and just movement 
you know, nutrition, things of that nature, just overall wellness. And, and also, yeah, you say it being somewhat to the counterculture is going to lead us to having better well-being. Here's the thing. And so like, there's a lot of manipulation. I think we said earlier it's, it's going on. And so, you know, to the point, this is of, of like a genuine interest of ours that we want to feel, you know, better, good, and per- perhaps, you know, share that with others within our life and perhaps even support those who are going to, you know, be here well after us. Then, then like, so if, it, is it, if this is a key point for, for our experience within our life, that then like, okay, let's look at the panorama here and look what's going on. And if we see something that's not supportive, go the opposite direction, right? What's the old saying that success is getting what you want. Happiness is wanting what you get. And I think that there's so much out there, these, these amusements, these spectacles, these distractions, uh, a lot of it is to, you know, pull us in a certain direction to consume a particular thing. And often that thing isn't going to be all that supportive, life-affirming, you know, L-I-V-E once again. And so, uh, I mean, if you look at some of the entertainment industry, you know, you have people who are very, uh, very popular. You know, they have a lot of career success. They, they have a lot of, you know, material wealth. But then what do you hear, unfortunately, a lot of times in the news when it comes to some of these people, unfortunately? You know, they're, they're suffering with, with some form of dysfunction, addiction, in worst case scenario, right? They take their own life. So it, it's like, it's interesting. It's like in one hand, right, from the outside at least, as far as the, 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 the typical measure of success and happiness in this country nowadays, in one hand, they have everything. But perhaps on the other hand, they have nothing. Right? So, right. you know, that stuff is only going to get you so far. What is going on in our country? What's going on within some aspects of society? This is, like, this is a first world nation. Right. We're like one of the wealthiest out there nowadays. But unfortunately, you'll have some parts of our country where the life expectancy is 45 years old, for instance. If you look at the, the main causes of, of, of morbidity in this country, a lot of times their lifestyle, nutrition and lifestyle are related. That's such a great point, Corey. I think it's and it's. Again, that's what I'm hoping to do. And I know people like yourself are trying to do it's there's so much to be made of just that we have in our control that we can control based on our choices, our lifestyle, and really hoping to get that message across to people to just own it, take some responsibility and really you can control this and it's not hopeless. It can be better. And there's a lot of good people out there if you look for it and maybe steer clear a little bit of the popular culture there's a lot of good people out there that are putting out good information and good messages i feel like you do a great job of sparking intellectual fitness and you get people to think 
what I wanted to end with was I want to make sure people know how to seek you out, Corey. Can you just give people how, how can they get in touch with you? Social media, website, things like that. Yes, I'm out there on, on social media and YouTube, the Facebook, the Instagram. Um, I have that one Linktree app or actually website, whatever that has the link to like these many links within my site and my social media to where you can see all on one page, for instance. Okay. You, know, you can you contact me via any of those platforms, email, phone. We can have a conversation. You know, you know, perhaps build a relationships, you know, some trust and go from there. And uh, you were mentioning thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I'm kind of a stoic, you know, in some ways. And, and so Aristotle comes to my mind and he had his athletes train with the wrestlers because he felt that one had to be, you know, over like systemically fit, you know, overall, you know, overall fitness, in order to support, you know, healthy thinking, mm. you know, that, and you had to be fit to, in order to think deeply and, and to go back to, so I bring up the Greeks because that's, that's like the early gymnasium and the gymnasium being that of a school. And it wasn't just a school of the body. It was the bio, you know, mind, body, and spirit. And, and so they, they had these, the saying, right. The, the many you know, aphorisms, you know, maxims around there in Delphi, for instance. And, and one of the sayings, you're probably familiar, maybe the audience as well, know thyself. Know thyself and you will know the gods in the universe. Because ultimately, it's up to us to have this best outcome experience, right? Like a sound mind and a sound body. Because if, if we leave it to someone else, if we leave it, to the system, we'll get some support, you know, occasionally, you know, especially if it's, we're in a, like a bad scenario, they'll get you discharged. They'll get you stabilized. They'll discharge you. But then after I, after that, it's up to us. Uh, we're, we are our first and foremost, most uh, vital asset, human capital. Yeah, right. Corey, I couldn't this, agree more. This is my first and foremost home and vehicle in which I experience life. And if we're not going to take care of it and be responsible for it, I don't think we really have a right to expect anybody else to worry about it. Corey, I, just, I can't thank you enough. This has been really fun for me. I like changing the pace a bit, and I, I feel like this was very uh, – intellectual conversation that I really appreciate. And it, it does, it helps me. Uh, I was really looking forward to today to, you know, spark, spark my mind a bit more. And you definitely have done that. So I can't thank you enough. Um, I can't wait to uh, rewatch this back myself because I think you said a lot of things that as, as you're talking, I'm trying to host, I'm like, I got to watch it back because there's a lot of great information. So I hope everyone who tuned in, enjoyed it please please take responsibility for your own health and well-being and you can start doing that by seeking out people like Corey. uh Corey, thank you again and everyone who listened thank you all take care
This has been The Bare Essentials. Thanks for listening. And remember, never hibernate on your goals. 